Happy Sabbath. Happy Sabbath. Can I have more? Good to see you. Yes. If you can see me, you are still alive. You still have eyes and ears to hear. And all you can say, God is all the time. All the time. Our Psalm uh, 34, it says, I'll bless the Lord all the time, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I know you may be uh, gathered uh, in a virtual sanctuary. Wherever you are, let God know how grateful you are and how thankful you are, even in a time and a season like this, the graces of God uh, still carries us every single day. Mercy still meets us every single morning. God is worth of our praise. Further along, we'll know about it, because right now we don't know. Further along, we will understand why. So cheer up, my brothers. Live in the sunshine, because we will understand this all by and by. Uh, Sandy Petty says, when my plans have fallen through, and when my strength is nearly gone, when there's nothing left to do, but just depend on, uh, on you and the power of your name. And when we call upon your name, your strength through weakness to show, we can know the master's plan, extend the master's hand when we come in the name of the Lord. Amen. There is strength in the name of the Lord. There is power in the name of the Lord. There is hope in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord, his name will be worshipped forever, creator, redeemer, king. And with that, I want you to be encouraged this morning. These times we're living are not the best of times. However, you worship a God who cares. And he will bring this to an end. And that's what we believe. Two young missionaries on the field in South America. Uh, they, they were lured in by cannibals, uh, feigning to be friendly. Jim Elliott and Ned Saint, uh, and as they lured them in, the goal was to uh, get them to get close enough where they could kill them. Jim Elliott had just married his wife, Elizabeth, uh, a short while before. Uh, she, she was pregnant uh, with their first child, and these savages got these two men uh, in close enough 
words that could grab them uh, and then they mercilessly torture them and they kill them and they add them. Word got back to Elizabeth uh, at the base camp and she said, I was shuddered, shuddered. But she said, I, I knew what I was supposed to do. I was to love the killers of my husband. Do you understand? You are commanded by God, by the God you serve, to love your enemies, to bless them, to do good to them. Is that in here? They asked Elizabeth on the interview I watched, what do you do? What do you do? Do you want to go back to the United States? Uh, she said, no, I, I, I want you to take me to those men who killed my husband. And they said, you, you don't want to go there. They will try to kill you. But we will send a lot of armed men with you. Uh, and she said, no, no, no. Armed men, no, none. They have to understand the spirit of God that I have. A spirit of power and a spirit of love. They took her in and this precious young lady, she said, my knees shook so hard. I didn't know if I could stand, but she said, I knew I, I loved them. And, and I told them I loved them, and, and it terrified them when she told them she loved them. Those savages all came to know Christ as Savior because of Elizabeth Elliot. In case you don't know who Elizabeth Elliot is, uh, she uh, was a Christian author and speaker. And her first husband, Jim Elliot, was killed in 1956 while attempting to make missionary contact in Ecuador. And he lost his life. The past 10 days has been so good for uh, the church at Garland. We were uh, engaged uh, in the 10 days of prayer. And, and God, uh, uh, I, I think uh, God's ears right now, they are hurting because uh, we were making requests of every sort of things that we want and we expect from him. But then uh, God delivered us through the 10 days of prayer. But do you think the enemy was happy? No. The enemy is never happy. So what do you do? The moment you celebrate victory, it is the moment that you have to be very much aware because the enemy is going to ambush you. The three angels' messages are so wonderful to hear. Uh, forget that you are an Adventist and probably I am speaking to the choir. Revelation 14, 12 says, here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God.
and the faith of Jesus. The first angel basically says that we are about to restore God to his rightful place. It's a call to worship, to fear, and to glorify God, the God who made the heaven and earth. It's a call that says God has been placed here, but God needs to be resurrected back here in our minds, the eternal one. Let's bow our heads as we pray. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, you who are my rock and my redeemer. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The second angel announces a call to the end of Babylon or confusion. We learn through the week the spiritual confusion. And the second angel declares that there's some mixed up herds in the church. There's confusion in the church. And confusion has possessed too many minds in the church. And so the second angel says, that confusion must end. The third angel pronounces judgment on those who places Satan's teachings above God's teachings. Now, these three messages come uh, in the context of the book of Revelation. And in Revelation, we have learned the following. God is able to keep his church and sustain it. Secondly, knowing our task, Satan works judiciously to keep us from it. So, the, thirdly, the book of Revelation is about putting God in his rightful place. This week, during the prayer, we look at those words, fear God, give glory to God. The hour of judgment has come. Worship him. And we pointed out that the angel seems to be saying the same thing over and over again. Fear God, give glory to God, worship God. And, and, and the reason he is, is because the angel hungers for you to do what I've just talked about. Put God in his rightful place. Stop arguing with God. You, you pray a prayer and God doesn't answer it. Move on. God, is, God may be saying, not now, not any time. And also we learn when God is quiet, he is speaking. Uh, he's not going to do it, at least not now. Move to the next thing. Uh, it's a time to walk in a glorified fashion before God. And understanding that the greater supplier always knows what to supply and when to supply it and how to supply it. He makes no mistakes whatsoever. This week we found that the judgment spoken up by the first angel will involve God searching and serving for eternity. Those who have made God their prime mover in their life. See, this, the, the, the simple proof that God is the prime mover in your life is that you trust and obey. So the first angel ends this, his words by saying, and worship him that made heaven and earth, the sea and the fountains of water. 
I want to point out that those words are found in Exodus chapter 20, verse 11, where the Bible says, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them. The messages of the three angels is the restoration of the Sabbath truth. And the call to worship the God of heaven as creator of all things. And, and, and also keep the Sabbath after the creation. And I keep asking myself, why the Sabbath? Notice, when the, se when the second angel uh, uh, denounces Babylon, and, the, uh, and this represents confusion, and then we study the attitudes that prompted the ancient people to build the Tower of Babel. Remember that? Uh, Sister Titus uh, talked about it uh, through the week of the prayer. And you see that the root of their problem was the unwillingness to take God at his word. God said, no more flood. They built a tower to, es to escape the flood that he said wasn't coming. You and I, we still do the same. Think of the towers you build to escape stuff that God has said not going to happen. We spend most of our life acquiring stuff that's going to be burned up. Our garages are full with stuff. These are the things from which we must be detached before they are burned up if Christ was to come today. Most sincere Christians do not understand the requirement or meaning of the Sabbath truth as recorded in Exodus chapter 20 from verse 8 to 11. And then the third angel pronounces the destruction. Now this is directly related to the judgment pronounced by the first angel. The destruction is upon a particular group. And here are the words of the third angel. If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God. In summary, the final judgment of God sent us around an attitude toward God. The attitude manifests itself in true worship. Three angels' messages come down to this. Worship the beast and his image, or worship the creator of heaven and earth. Salvation for you and I boils down to those who worship. Now the question is, what are your priorities? What are your priorities? See, your priorities that you have searched. The music that you listen to. The movies that you watch. The clothes that you wear are all expression of your worship of God. And I hope you know that. See, the whole great controversy started with the devil challenging God's praise, refusing to worship him. And so when he came down to Adam and Eve, he brought them almost immediately to a posture of not respecting and adoring God. So much so that in a few minutes span after sin, they are hiding from God. The same God who, when he came down every evening, they rushed to worship. 
but now they are running away from that God. Now they hide from that worship. Worship is more than coming here on Sabbath morning and sitting in this church and listening to a sermon. Worship is a way of life. Worship is an attitude that says God is all in all. And so when I'm driving my car, I can worship. When I'm working, I can worship. To pretend to worship is an act of blasphemy against God. Remember this Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do what? Speak to me. Don't sleep on me. Speak to me. Thou shalt not work. Right? So, not even the stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and the sea. And all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Now, let's compare Revelation chapter 14. For when the three angels' messages end, they end in these words, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Now, the commandments have in them uh, the commandment for true worship. Why does not the text then uh, separate out the fourth commandment in contrast to the mark? So you either have the mark or you have the worship. Uh, either you worship the image or you worship the creator. You are either worshiping the God that made heaven and earth or you worship the beast and his image or a substitute for the real thing. Why does not the text then separate out the fourth commandment in contrast to the mark? Because the Sabbath and the true keeping of it is more than a day. Some of you are here to worship for 24 hours. And when the 24 hours is done, you are different people. Here, are they that worship the image? Or here are they that keep the commandments of God? The mark is also more than a day. And the Sabbath is more than a day. And I'm saying, you, you, you can't keep the Sabbath and break another commandment. Because the Sabbath is an attitude. It's not a day. The mark, that described, uh, the mark that is described in the three angels' messages is described as being placed on the forehead. Why? Why? Why the forehead? The mind of man. The decision-making entity for right and wrong. It's on the forehead. Notice the phrase, mark of the beast. Images in Revelation uh, over and over again. In Revelation 13, that's where it shows up the first time. He's talking about these powers that come together 
against God's people makes it tough for them to buy or sell. In verse 14 uh, and then verse 16, and he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell. If you had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name, Revelation 14, 9, and the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, notice the contrast. See, worship the beast and his image or worship the Lord who made heaven and earth. Worship the beast and his image or worship the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. Look at Revelation chapter 14, verse 11. And the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. And notice uh, again, Revelation chapter 15, uh, chapter 15, uh, uh, and I saw... Uh, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and then, and, and, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his what? Image. And over his mark, over the number of his name. Stand on the sea of glass, having the hearts of God, whatever this mark is, it doesn't get you to the sea of glass. Whatever the attitude, whatever this attitude is against God, it doesn't get you to the sea of glass. See, you have to get a victory over that. The fact that the Bible talks about you getting a victory over that is got to be more than a day. The Sabbath day is more than a day. Anybody can put down an attitude and fake it, like we all do every Sabbath morning. Sometimes we come over here, we, we probably uh, were exchanging talks and just being ugly before we even come to worship. But then when we come here, we put down on a show and we call the worship. The mark embraces an attitude of defiance against God. And see, the day in contrast to, to God's day is more than just a day. I want you to understand that. There are people who worship on the seventh day, but they have an attitude of defiance against God. So worshiping on that day is not going to serve them. You are a day keeper. You are not a Sabbath keeper. That's what I'm trying to say. Now, I pray that you understand that. You can't give God 24 hours, just a day, and think you are on your way to heaven. It's not going to happen. The Sabbath is not 24 hours. A it's not just 24 hours or a week. And, and then we forget about worship. And, and, and the reason why sometimes so little worship takes place on Sabbath, it is because 
before coming to church on Sabbath are bringing an attitude of defiance against God. Which they express, they have the same attitude throughout the week. Sunday through Friday, your attitude was nasty. And then they think they are going to put on a religious cloth on one day and bribe God. You're trying to buy God by just being good in 24 hours. Looks at the division on this earth. There is a division on this earth between those who uh, really worship God and those who worship other things. The mark on the forehead, the mark is a sign of how a person thinks about God. Now, if the devil is doing something to the head, and you, and you do know that every day the devil is trying to occupy your brain. You know it. I think we are all victims here of the devil's attacks. I, I find myself fighting my wife sometimes. We're just trying to do good. Back in the day, we're just trying to go to church together, and we are driving one car. One is late. One doesn't want to prepare to go early. The other one wants to go early, and then we decide, uh, so the one who's delaying everybody is going to drag everybody, right? But we're still going to use the same car, and we get to the parking lot. We are not even talking, and we get into the church, and all is well. And we sing, when he cometh, when he cometh, when he cometh, right? So this is the defiance. But thank God that, you know, you move on to have two cars. If one wants to be late, so let it be. And you, you, you still get your ride, and you're off you go to church. And then sometimes you come to church, you're in a hurry. And then the, state, the church doesn't start like early, and people are just late, and your wife looks at you and says, so why were we rushing? <laughs> right? So, 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 so you, you begin to think you're growing up, right? You know, church, the Adventist church is 9.30. We must be at church 9.30. Uh, okay, uh, it doesn't matter if we find people. We are the first to be there. It's 9.30. So the Sabbath is an attitude. It is not a day because God does not need worship from you for 24 hours. It's a lifetime of you declaring that God is all and all in your life. So here, be careful of the devil. Your reasoning is that what he wants. He wants to occupy your brain. He is after your brain. The devil is after your brain. Revelation chapter 7, verse 1 to 3. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners on the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth to prevent any wind from blowing on the land or the sea or uh, on any tree. Then I saw another angel coming from the east, having the seal of the living God. He called out in a loud voice to the four angels who had been given the power to harm the land 
and the sea. Verse 3. Do not harm the land or the sea or the trees until we put a seal on the forehead of the servant of our God. Where? Where is going to be the seal? On the forehead. Where? On the forehead. The same spot the devil is after to put his mark on your forehead. But God is saying, you let me in in your brain, you keep me in, and I'll block the devil from entering or occupying your brain. I will protect your head, God is saying. And if the devil tries to enter into your brain, I'll meet him at the door and block him. So God is saying, put me in your thoughts first, and we'll stop the devil every time he tries to deceive you. Because I've been trying to figure it out. I've been trying to figure this out. How am I going to stand in that last day? The devil is messing with my mind. He's messing with my thoughts. He's messing with my priorities. God says, just move over. Let me inside your herd. But when I place my seal, God is saying, you got to change. Because God is going he's gonna to seal you. He's going to seal you. Change of attitude toward me. Once he put a, a seal on your forehead, your attitude must change. So here we see we are back to worship again. Worship is more than a day. And now this power that does the sealing, the power that does the sealing, the power of God, sealing the servants of God. We know from Revelation that this power, that, that sealing is the power of God. But this power that is marking is the devil. So we know from studying Revelation chapter 13 verse 2 is the devil, the devil at work. So who's going to look out for me or look out for you when you are resting, when you are sleeping, when you said you are tired, the day was long for you, it's time to rest. Who watches over you? Who watches over you? It's God who watches over us. And so the Bible is saying here, don't you worry, there's somebody else who's working on your behalf. Christ Jesus is working on your behalf. The book of, the book of Daniel, chapter 6, verse 8 says, now your majesty issued the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Meds and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. Daniel 6, 8 says that the signing of a document by an ancient king was an act of sealing with a signet ring, which the king wore and carefully guarded. The seal had three characteristics. The ruler's name, the ruler's position and title, the extent of his dominion or jurisdiction, that's in a seal. Now, these points are critical for you to understand because the Bible says, remember, Revelation chapter 14, verse 12 said, here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that do what? Keep the commandments of God. And here is the patience of the saints. Here are they to do what? Keep the commandments. Isaiah chapter 8 verse 16. Bind up the testimony and seal. Seal what? Seal the law. Where? Among the disciples. Seal the what? The law. So when the angel flies, he is sealing what? 
the law. He is sealing the law on your forehead in your heart. Not just a day. Now you see, it takes more than a day. You know, worship is not 24 hours. Now in the law is the commandment that is the seal. Because the seal has the ruler's name, has the ruler's position, the extent of his dominion or jurisdiction, that's what is in the seal. But that fourth commandment, the fourth commandment is a part of a whole law. The fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. No other gods before me in the same commandment. No images in the same commandment. Don't take his name in vain. In the same fourth commandment, it's all complete in there. Honor your parents. It's in the same commandment. Don't kill, don't lie, don't commit adultery. It's in the same commandment. You've got to make it on the whole thing. But the Sabbath, the Sabbath is saying, look, you look for my seal, look for my seal in the law, and that I am going to put that, well, put that in your mind, to put that law in your mind. And that's why Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 15, if you love me, do what? Keep my commandments. Why? It's a proof of a relationship. The only proof of a relationship with God is obedience. It is obedience. And, and now, we, we don't like to hear that in sermons today, the, the modern ch Christian church is always going around talking about love the God, just the love of God, just love, no obedience. Just love him, no obedience. And God is declaring, I'm tired of talk, I'm tired of talk, of talk. if you love me, do what? Keep my commandments. If you open your mind to me, I'm going to seal that. I'm going to seal that in your heart. And so on. The fourth commandment, we have those characteristics of a seal. In the fourth commandment, for in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them. God is the ruler. He made, he created, therefore he owns everything. The extent of his dominion is heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them. So the seal is the law. The seal is the law. Now, the devil uh, wants to mark your head with deceit. God wants to seal your head with his law of protection. God is sealing, and the devil is trying to do what? To mark. The devil marking, God is sealing. So, and the Lord takes that seventh day, Sabbath, in the fourth commandment, he linked it to his people forever. Exodus chapter 31, verse 17, uh, this Sabbath, it is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. How long? Forever! The Sabbath is a sign. For in six days, the Lord made the heaven and earth, and on the seventh day, he rested and was refreshed. See, when we come on Sabbath, we bring our praise and worship. We bring a relationship. We bring an attitude. That's why when we come with that, you can't disturb us from worship. We, we, we came here to worship the true God. We are not here to see each other. 
No, that's not the reason why we're here. We are here, we are in God's house. I am Zimbabwean born, and you are American, and look where we are. Through the Holy Spirit, we met in one place. To God be the glory. We came here to worship the true God. We are not here to see each other. We are in God's house, and nobody owns a church. If you own a church, you must be a God. Only God owns the sanctuary. So when we come to God, we come to be with him, to meet him, to fellowship with him. And because of the relationship we have had all week, what, who? All week, not only one day, you must have a relationship for the whole week. Ezekiel chapter 20 verse 20 says, the Sabbath is a sign. Mark chapter 2 verse 27 says, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. The battle between Christ and Satan is intense. It's a call to loyalty. The Sabbath is the seventh day. It is the day on the calendar called Saturday. It has not been changed by God the Father or his son or Jesus. No, it was changed by the apostles. Called The apostles were called and trained by Jesus. The Sabbath day, the seventh day Sabbath is, a, is God's sign of loyalty to who he is and what only he can do. To change the Sabbath from the seventh day is to change the Holy Ten Commandments which you already sealing here. We are to worship the God who made heaven and earth or worship an image, worship and accept God's seal or accept the devil's mark. But for those who think they have the seal, God says, don't just hand me a day, hand me a week. Don't just hand me a week, hand me a lifetime of worship. How does one honor such a day? How does one honor God in the fullness represented by the day? The Sabbath is the symbol of sealing of God. But it's got to be more than just that. Now we know some of the basic things, don't we, about keeping the Sabbath. Remember in Exodus chapter 28, keep it holy. Exodus, uh, keep it holy, observe it from sundown to sundown, right? Leviticus chapter 23, verse 32, leave all, save thy labor. Exodus 29, prepare for the Sabbath. Luke chapter 23, 54, don't engage in secular transactions on Sabbath. Nehemiah chapter 13, verse 15, keep the Sabbath. Actually, keeping the Sabbath any devoted Pharisee can do that. You can fast for 24 hours. Right? And you see, the Pharisees used to do this, and sometimes we Seventh-day Adventists get hung up on this. Are you keeping the Sabbath? Are you keeping the Sabbath? And, and did you watch any TV? So we, you, that means you must not watch no TV, right? And, 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 and we have this list of things that we say don't do, don't do, don't do, don't do. Is that keeping the Sabbath? It's just being another Pharisee. 
It's a lifetime of worship. It is not about a single day. God wants you to worship him, not in 24 hours, but all your life. So the Pharisees, not only did, did they not do any stuff on Sabbath, they would even count their steps. I heard a story that back in, uh, in, in Israel, uh, they will not even, uh, when you get into, when they get into an elevator, they get into the elevator and just stand in there, and then they wait for somebody else to come in and press the button. They wouldn't do that. That's keeping the Sabbath to them. So they wouldn't get an ox out of the ditch because they thought they were keeping the Sabbath. They wouldn't help a man if he's sick because when you're sick, you're sinful. So you don't want the attachment. You got to, what I'm trying to say here is you need to get away from that list. Get away from the list. You got to get away from that list. I'm not saying those things are not important. I'm not saying anybody can keep that list. But the seal of God is placed here. So the Sabbath is more than a list. The commandments of God are a whole, not a part. James chapter 2 verse 10 will surprise you. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point is how? He's guilt of all. That's what James 2.10 says. So if you only keep the day, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy, and you keep the day and you don't care about all the other commandments, and the Bible says you're guilty of all. That's why I'm trying to liberate you from being a list keeper, but God desires worship from us 24-7, 365 days, right? If that passage is true, James 2 verse 10, if it's true, if that passage is true that to keep all and then break one is to break all, then I submit that the reverse is true. If it is true to break one, it, it is, if it is true to break one is to break all, the reverse has to be true. To claim to keep one to claim to keep anyone while breaking any other is not to keep the one you claim to keep. So let me say it again. If you claim to keep all and break one, you are guilty of how many? Of all. And then if you claim to keep one and are breaking any other, you are not keeping the one you claim to keep. So, see, that's the problem for the Sabbath keeper. The Sabbath keeper has a problem. I believe in the Seventh-day Church, okay? I was born in the church. I don't know any other, okay? And I learned the three angels' messages probably when I was being master guide. So this is wrong, okay? That's why when I started, I say, I hope I'm not preaching to the choir. You have to love this for yourself. You must love this for yourself to understand it. And, and I believe in the seventh day, okay, and I keep it, okay, I, I keep it faithful, okay, it's 24 hours. If you are the one who keeps 24 hours, everybody can do that. Sabbath keeping, therefore, is more than putting on your religious demeanor. 
showing up in church on a given Sabbath, saying you are keeping it, besides the attitude of worship that should accompany you to church, besides the thanksgiving and the worship that should permeate your worship, besides living off the secular activities, your regular job, besides doing good deeds and witnessing on the Sabbath, all true, all good. But Sabbath keeping is an attitude toward God that moves you to being faithful in all the commandments. So the Sabbath keeper has no gods before God. That's the Sabbath keeper. The Sabbath keeper has no false image that replaces and challenges God's place in your life. The Sabbath keeper doesn't wear his name that you are a Christian and then consistently, consistently act unchristian. So to be, to, to be mean to your workmates and friends and family the whole week and show up in church on Saturday, I can guarantee you that your worship falls flat in the face of God. In fact, he says in Matthew, go back and make it right. Drop your offering. Keep it in your pocket. Straighten things out. Then do what? Then come. That shows you how God feels about real worship. Come here on Sabbath. Talk about this folk in, in the church you can't get along with. Watch the next sentence. Stay home. It's not helping you. You are stuck in the day. Right? Don't pollute the pews with your presence. Stay home. Your attitude does not let you worship. You are walking here wanting God to perform some magic for you on Sabbath. The Holy Spirit is not near you because you said no to him. When you walk in the door and you walk by that person you will not speak to, your worship is a waste of time. If God's spirit walking with you, if God's spirit is walking with you, you are going to walk to that person you have not been speaking to and speak to them. Whether they speak back to you or not is their business. They can't worship, but you can. Sabbath disrespecting the parent and elderly who brought you into this world no matter what their spiritual condition is. Some of you are hindered in true Sabbath keeping because you got folks in your family you are not getting along with. You got parents you are not respecting. God is not interested that they were drunkards. God is not interested they smoke or they're a prostitute. God is not interested. He doesn't care. The commandment is still the same. Honor thy father and mother. You see, so the true commandment keeping lifts you above the mass. A commandment keeper is victorious. We walk by what happens. We don't keep living back there. I'm free in Jesus. Okay? So I don't care how they treat me. I'm unshackled. I can speak to the murderer. I can pray for the drunkard. 
I can even love the abuser. And then I can sit in church and worship the Lord because my heart is not all messed up with stuff and feelings of resentments. You know, I'm trying to set you free this morning. I'm about to finish. I want to worship in a church with the real Sabbath keepers. Not day keepers, real Sabbath keepers. People who are so full of the Holy Spirit. They have moved beyond measuring a day. You look at your watch from sunset to sunset. God is not calling for that. It's a lifetime of worship. All this stuff from sundown to sundown we go through and put on a whole new act when sunset on Friday. Speak that out. Let's get down to the business of being Christians every day. We are all coming in here with our false wings on our back on Sabbath morning and flying around the church for a whole 24-hour period and act. And we act like we have never sinned. And then when the sun sets, we can't wait to get to the club. Stay home. Spend all Sabbath in the club. It's all good. We talked about you choose to worship the creator or you choose to worship the devil and his images. The Sabbath keeper does not kill with his word or act toward that fellow man. Sabbath keeper ain't got no time for gossip because he knows he's got so many sins himself. There's no time to talk about anybody else. Lord, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. That's a true Sabbath keeper. So when I hear about gossip, I have no time to discuss it. I'm just trying to get my own sins forgiven through Jesus Christ. The true Sabbath keeper is not going to devalue another person by fault or deed. The true Sabbath keeper does not steal from God's investment in you by depreciating your own health. Watch your health, sitting in church on Sabbath morning, robbing him in his face of tithe and offering. That's not being a Sabbath keeper. You see, this thing is big, it's bigger than 24 hours. You see that? Worshiping God is more than an act. That's what I've been trying to say here. Remember the Pharisees, the Pharisees could do this better. You know, Pastor Wright, he said, the Pharisees even pay their tithe on their cologne and herbs. Anybody can write out 10%. But when you give God, when you give God 100% of your life, that's a whole another level. The true Sabbath keeper, you can't be a true Sabbath keeper when you lie to your neighbor throughout the week. You lie to your neighbor, and then you come on Sabbath day, you're filled with the truth. How are you filled with the truth? We are too filled on Sabbath. Think about that. You see, there's a ceiling going on, friends, and, on, and I want to make sure my mind belongs to Jesus Christ. But I realize now he is passing over people who just keep a day and looking for people whose attitude the Sabbath keeper doesn't have to come in here with dissatisfaction on Sabbath. There's no reason for you to walk in here dissatisfied. You must be happy the moment you walk through the door 
Because God has been already providing for you. In short, the Sabbath keeping is more than a day, friends. It's a life that embraces all that God wants me and you to do. And this is why I believe in the last days is going to be this great, this great influx of people who have not been keeping the day but know the Lord. And now, because they know the Lord, they are coming in and accepting the day. And, 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 and a great falling away of people who have been keeping the day but never knew the Lord of the day. It's going to be a great exchange. And I don't know what to be, I don't want to be caught up in the going out group. I want the Lord to change me now and then seal it so nobody can take it away. Like a tree planted by the rivers of waters, I shall not be moved. That's being a true Sabbath keeper. That's why those three angels, when we started, have you been trying to say? They've been trying to say, and I pray, God, we have heard them. I, I hope we heard the angels. The first angel say, fear him, glorify him, worship him. The second angel says, it's time for confusion to fall Babylon. Confusion about what? Well, the second and the first angel are clarified by the third angel. So if you stop reading, you won't get to know that. Stop worshiping anything else. Stop worshiping anything in any way that's not true to God. Because when you do, you receive a mark. But when you worship the Lord, who made heaven and earth, then, they, then you can say, here is the patience of the saints. Here are they who keep the commandments of God and have faith in Jesus. Listen, the Lord would like to change you from a false worshiper to a true worshiper. The question is, are you ready to be changed? The Lord is coming. And the song says, are you ready? I will ask you to stand as we pray so that God can change us and we move into another level of being true worshipers, not people who are dramatic, people who put on an act because it's Sabbath from sundown to sundown, you are spirit-filled. But Monday through Sunday, you are somebody else. So let's all stand. And we close with these words. I sense an awesome moving of the Holy Spirit. And I see his countenance resting on your face. I know that there are angels hovering all around us. For the presence of the Lord is in this place. He is here. Hallelujah. He is here. Amen. He is here. Holy, holy, I will bless his name again. He is here. Listen closely. Hear him calling out your name. He is here. You can touch him and you will never be the same. Father,
we are so thankful that you have called us to be Seventh-day Adventists, the Remnant Church. And today, thank you for refreshing our minds with a, remind, a reminder from on high on how we keep the Sabbath. That we should know the Lord of the Sabbath. We should not fall in love with the day and lose love for the one who have created the Sabbath. And now we know that worship is more than a day. Bless us and seal us with your love and the law in our hearts. We worship you in all fullness. We know Jesus, he died for us. The devil sinned once and he was cast down. We sin every day and you forgive us daily. You never give up on us. You are a kind God. Be our God from now and forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray.